This is an Equity Mates Media podcast. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This morning I have a bit of a joke for you. Okay. <laughs> Just to get us in the mood. Nice. What would you call a vampire who is in finance? What? <laughs> I have no idea. What would you? Account Dracula. <laughs> I don't get it. That's the Sorry. Worst joke. <laughs> no, like Count Dracula. Oh. <laughs> the best career advice that you are not getting is to invest. Hello and welcome to Your In Good Company, an investing podcast striving to disrupt the norms in the finance industry. I'm Maddie and as always, I'm in some very good company with my co-host Sophie. Hey Mads. So, so today I think marks uh, the first episode of season two, which is very exciting. <laughs> Woohoo, season two, made a new season. Yeah. <laughs> Take that off the list. We're done now. No. So throughout season one, we asked our guests each episode to add stocks, trends, news to our watch list. And the purpose of the watch list was really to try and get us thinking about all the different types of investment options that there are out there. And you know what? I think people listening actually really love the watch list because it was always popping off in the Facebook community. Like, (laughs) what was the ticker for that one again? So true. But today we're going to look back at the watch list that we had for season one. And to make things interesting, we've kind of set up a little fake portfolio and we're going to see what kinds of gains and losses that we would be sitting at if we invested $1,000 into each of these stocks or trends over the past six months. No pressure for all of the people that added things to our watch list, but we're now going to judge you on your decision. (laughs) No, no judgment, short term. So, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the long term. But before we jump into today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wondery people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respect to the elders, past and present, and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. So, so if I would say that here at Your Own Good Company, we like change. We embrace change because, you know, it's important for businesses to stay up to date and get around new things or, you know, you're going to be left behind in, in the business world. Mm, you are. And that is why we have decided to do a bit of a refresh for the questions that we ask each guest at the start of each episode. Mm, Yes, love this. It's a lot of fun. But, you know, in the investment world, sometimes investors respond really well to change in businesses and sometimes they hate it. So I thought that we should probably test out our ideas for new questions before we put them to our guests. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. But I do want to have one exception to our change because I think we should keep the question, if you're a stock, who would you be and why? Because that one is just too good. (laughs) Yes, no, that one's a good one. And it's also a hard one for people to answer. The second one is, which I'm going to ask you now, what's the best thing that's happened to you this week? This week, the best thing that happened to me was probably Father's Day. Um... Obviously, we're in lockdown, but it was really nice to virtually celebrate Father's Day and just 
show a bit of love for dad. What about you? <laughs> oh, that's so nice. I feel like I should say the same thing now. <laughs> no, the best thing that happened to me was actually last night. My housemate's dog stayed over. Her yes. name's Queenie. Shout out to Queenie. <laughs> She's a puppy black lab and she was sleeping downstairs in my bedrooms downstairs. And literally like just before I was falling asleep, it was pitch black. I heard this like tumble into my room. <laughs> And then like a little paw on the bed, like slapped down and she was like, give me love. And it was just like the best things. Put the light on and she's just there. I've got a photo. Maybe I'll share it. It's very cute. Put it up on our Instagram story. (laughs) Queenie. (laughs) Love it. And our next question I think is if you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be and why? Ooh. That's a hard one. Who would you pick? I am going through a bit of a Hamish and Andy phase at the moment. I am. Oh, you are. I was about, (laughs) I think I'm a year behind on their podcast, which is just amazing because I have so much content to catch up on. So I would want to have dinner with the Blakes. Sorry, Andy. (laughs) But um, I mean, obviously Zoe has done a big deal with GoTo recently. So I would just want to hear all about that and just chat with Hamish as well. (laughs) Who do you have dinner with? Oh, look, at this point, probably anyone because I can't have dinner (laughs) with anyone in lockdown. That's a very good call. So into today's app, two things we want to caveat. Firstly, we are putting in $1,000 every couple of weeks and that is a lot of money. So we're not saying that we do that. So that's the first thing to take note of. And the second thing is that it has only actually been six months and we are not wanting you to look at your portfolio at the end of six months and say, wow, look at that. We want you to be checking it, you know, in the next five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years and looking at the results that way. Yeah. And I think, you know, we definitely do look to invest for the long term, but I think understanding, which is what we're going to do today, understanding what's driving the share market in the short term can kind of help to build your knowledge and also your conviction when you do buy shares. So hopefully it helps. So we're going to run through the companies that were added by our guests. And if the guest has chosen a trend, we've actually chosen an ETF for them, which covers this trend. And we will look into some of the impacts of, you know, why um, share prices have gone up or down for that particular stock or ETF. But before we kind of start, Mads, did you want to give an overview of like what the portfolio is looking like in terms of like percentage of Aussie shares and US shares and that kind of stuff? Yes. So we broke it down a little bit. So we have Australian shares, international shares, and also ETFs. We have, I think, 13 holdings all up from season one. So the portfolio percentages was around 21% Australian shares, 36% US shares, 14% other rogue international shares, and 29% ETFs. Hopefully that just added up to 100 or my math <laughs> needs some work. <laughs> and for reference, time of recording, because we will reference the share prices, we are recording on Thursday, the 9th of September. So a few days before release of this episode. All right, let's jump into it then. We'll start at home, start domestically. First Aussie <laughs> share that we're looking at was from the lovely Betsy Westercott. Yes. She added Temple and Webster 
um, to the to the list, which for people, if you're not aware, it's an online um, furniture shopping platform. This is not sure how that, that's the right description. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. And when we had that uh, episode released, 23rd of March, the share price was $10. And today it is $12.71. So we have a total gain of $250. So we're putting in $1,000 minus $10 fee. Um, for your brokerage, and we're getting back to 50. So what are some of the factors that have led to the um, T and W share price increase, Mads? Yeah, so, I mean, Betsy actually talked about this when she pitched it, and I think she was pretty on the money. So there has been quite a tailwind in online shopping, obviously, because of covid Temple and Webster actually estimated that more than 20% of furniture and homewares was bought online in the US during COVID and the same trajectory or sort of results um, are expected in Australia. They are also investing quite a lot of money at the moment to achieve sort of greater scale. So they're really working on their brand awareness, um, trying to get repeat customers and things like that as well as a few new product ranges. So they've got a bit of a private label expansion going on with lots of new products and exclusive ranges there. Mm, cool. What are your thoughts on Temple and Webster into the future, Soph? Yeah, it's a good one. I think I, I actually think that online furniture shops will do probably quite well because people are starting to get used to having to shop online and finding their items and it's quite convenient. You know, you don't – it's hard because with furniture sometimes you do want to go in or maybe a lot of the time you do want to go in and see it. But one of the things that I have seen recently which I think is really cool is companies getting into that space of like photoshopping what furniture looks like in your own home. Cool, Yes. Yeah, you take photos of your own, you know, living room and then you put it in and then it's delivered. Amazing. So I think the online space has a lot of area for growth still is what my thoughts are. What about you? Yeah, it's an interesting one because I remember when Betsy pitched this back in March, so about six months ago, I remember thinking to myself, like with the whole online furniture thing, I was like, nah, furniture is definitely something that I would want to see in person. And the other day, Mm. I mean, we are in lockdown, but the other day I bought something off Temple and Webster and I feel like my perception of online shopping in the last six months being in COVID has just changed completely. So I reckon, I reckon it's going to do pretty well (laughs) based off Mm -hmm. that alone. (laughs) So the next one we have here is PWH, which was pitched by Emma Fisher. She pitched this stock on the 1st of June, at which time it was $6 and 43 cents. Uh, disclosure, I did actually purchase this one when Emma pitched it. So I am very happy to... That's because you're a fan, girl. <laughs> I love Emma Fisher. <laughs> <And you're... laughs> I'm very happy to report that today this one is at $8.94. So um, we have made a total gain of $376. Wow. Wow. And just for some context, this company, it, the tick is PWH, but the actual name is PWR Holdings. Yes. And it kind of designs, produces tests like cooling products for cars. It also does it for electric vehicles. And Emma was speaking about how this company is a supplier of this technology for a lot of the race mm, cars. F1s. You know, do all the racing. <laughs> Drive <to> F1, yeah. <laughs> And I think the coolest point that I took out of this company from her was that if this little company, this family-owned company is in Queensland, is supplying all the F1 drivers, like they must be doing something right. So with this growth, <laughs> they must be doing something right, no? Mads, I'm interested though because you said you had a bit of skin in the game. What made you 
buy this one. Yeah, I think Emma made a point which really resonated with me and it was after watching Drive to Survive, which I love when we talk about like reading or watching movies and stuff can be good research for investing or like Sash said last week, like <laughs> online shopping is it's, it's research. Anyway, so watching Drive to yeah. Survive, I really understood just how high performing that industry is in that F1 space. And I think if they are using the um, products from this company, then like you said, that is really saying something. So that's really sort of what pushed me over with this one. Nice. Now, the next one is our last little Aussie share that Mel Brown added, which is a med tech company called Volpara. And this one is a company that develops AI, um, so artificial intelligence software for personalized screening and early detection of breast cancer. Um, now, you said, Maddie, that you'd bought the one from Emma Fisher. I had actually bought this one, Volpara, but a couple of years ago um, because I was interested in the breast cancer space and all that kind of screening technology. And I'll caveat by saying that when I bought it, it was a lot higher <laughs> than what it is today. <laughs> So I've personally made a loss, but I still believe in the company. <laughs> what about from when Mel pitched it? Where has it gone since then? Yeah, so since Mel pitched it, it's shifted a little bit. You know, it's a um, small cap stock, so it was about a dollar ten, and it's now about a dollar twenty. So we've made about a hundred dollar gain. Um, but one point that I thought was really great, which Mel actually made to us, was that when I said that I had purchased it at a higher price, she said, well, why don't you buy more now at a lower price so that your dollar cost averaging in? Mm. So you have some bought at a higher price, some lo- bought at a lower price so that if it makes gains now, that I'll be able to gain off the back of um, the share price increasing, which was interesting because it's that's what dollar cost averaging is, right? Usually it's, you know, a lot more regimented. But, you know, if you do but still believe in a stock and you have conviction around it, buy in at the lower price. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think when I have stocks that go down, I am like feel really against putting more money in. But really, if my conviction is still there and if I'm willing to hold, maybe then I should be doing the complete opposite, like you said. A hundred percent. It's an interesting point, isn't it? Very. All right. We are very much still here in lockdown in Melbourne Soph, but, you know, a gal can dream and we can still invest internationally. We might not be able to travel internationally, <laughs> but we can go global with our stocks. So we are going to move into our international shares now. First up, um, Sally McDonald's picks. We had Apple and Microsoft. So can you tell us? She picked two. I know, it's a bit sneaky. The lovely isn't it? lady. <laughs> a bit sneaky. Well, how have they gone? <laughs> so Apple is always just a bit of a killer stock. Um, the share price in May was 127.85. We're doing a conversion to USD. Our $1,000 becomes about, you know, 750 That's really boring. Who cares? <laughs> our total gain at the end of the day is 250 AUD because the share price has jumped to 155 from 127. That's all in USD. So Mads, Apple and a lot of those big tech stocks in the US have been in the news quite a bit recently, um, also because they've all just posted their profits for quarter four. Why did we see such a jump in the Apple share price? Yeah, I mean, US tech stocks in general have really been rallying recently. Um, They've been increasing quite a lot. But in the last quarter, Apple announced that its net income was was recorded at $21.7 billion. And that is almost double the same period a year ago of $11.25 billion. 
So I guess in the really short term, what is driving these kind of increases in the share price is that Apple sent out a save the date for a special event on September 14th. Ooh. And it's they called it California Streaming. And I saw a screenshot of the email and it was really like alluring. I don't mysterious. know if that's... Yeah, it was mysterious. It looked really cool. And it got people very hyped up about how Apple is potentially going to be doing something in the streaming space and people are talking about how it's going to be taking on Netflix and things like that. So stay tuned for California streaming. It's so crazy that the share price reacts to news like that because like the, everyone knows that Apple's this big behemoth that does re- like creates really cool things so that when they say something's coming, everyone's like, I've got to jump on <laughs> so board. True. And that's why the share price goes up because the demand goes wild. Yeah, and I think on that as well, they have just announced in the last few days that um, the upcoming launch of the iPhone 13 how honestly like what iphone do you have i've got like the i swear i've got like the eight i don't even know anymore <laughs> someone asked me this the other day i don't know what iphone i have but i know that the eight has a button still oh apparently. okay i don't that have the eight then <laughs> okay yeah because my friend still has the button because she was complaining about oh, it. remember the button <laughs> like she can still use her finger ID, oh, which i just think is so funny <laughs> well apparently oh, there's Lord. a 13 who knows what happened between 9 and 12 but we're at 13 now <laughs> and then the second stock that she added was microsoft so again in on the 4th of may oh the 4th of may May the 4th be with you. That's a great day. Sorry, just a little reference there. The stock price was 247.79 and today it's sitting at a nice little 300. So we would have only been able to buy three shares with our um, $1,000, but we still would have made about a $200 AUD gain. So Mads, is it similar to Apple? Why has Microsoft been going up? Yeah. So Microsoft has just announced that it's raising the Office 365, which is like your Word and Excel, their business subscription prices next year. And this is actually the Mm. first major change in price since it launched in 2011. Um, So this is quite a big deal because the business subscriptions to Office 365 represent or represented 18% of Microsoft's revenue last year. So it's quite a big proportion of their revenue. And they've also recently unveiled its Windows 365, which brings its Windows operating system onto the cloud. So I know you're a fan of the cloud space, so maybe you should watch Microsoft. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely, because I think everything is kind of converging towards the cloud. So I think as big companies adopt you know, new technological practices, it's a good sign. For sure. We are going to take a quick break for our sponsors, but we'll be right back to keep talking through our watch list. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Moving now from the U.S. to emerging markets, uh, Candice pitched uh, Yum! Brands China. She pitched it on the 11th of May, at which point it was $61.82. Today, it is $61.15, so no real movement, really, for this one. Yeah, so there's no real movement in our portfolio. But if you look at the trend in the share price, there's actually been a little bit of movement. Um, The share price was going up, and then it was a bit of a drop, which kind of took us back to where we are today. And this one's a really interesting one because, you know, if if you've been keeping up to date with the news, there has been a bit of price volatility in the Chinese markets at the minute. And it's because of, you know, all sorts of different Chinese regulation that's coming in. The government's creating tighter regulations. They want to take more of an active role in private business and they're actually targeting excessive wealth. And so that when it comes to this stock for the food industry, and I'm citing an article that I read from July 26, which is actually the day that the Yum China like share price drops. It's that the Chinese market regulators strengthen protection for f- food delivery workers, um, meaning that they are pushing to guarantee workers income above the minimum pay. So it's a part of that kind of, I personally view it as like targeting that excessive wealth and bringing up the um, equality of pay between people. So obviously for companies like that, if they have to pay more in wages, it's more expenses to them. It was a drop drop in the share price. But it's interesting. It's an interesting area to watch. Like, what do you think about China at the minute, Mads? Yeah, I feel like what I would take from this stock is that investing in developing countries, you know, there are huge growth opportunities and it is possible Mm. to reap like massive rewards from that. But there can also be quite a lot of like instability and volatility in the area. So I guess to echo Lisa Diaz's point when we did that emerging markets episode with her if you're investing in this space, then you need to understand your stuff. Like, because personally, I would not have been across, you know, Chinese employment laws and things like that. So you, <laughs> you need to know the country, the company, and, you know, how things are operating in that space if you're going to feel comfortable yeah. and confident to invest in those kind of areas. Yeah, I also think as well, like, it's just a part of the volatility. Sometimes it's it's the unknown. Like, you don't know what the Chinese government is necessarily going to do next because they're not as transparent as other governments around the world. So it's just one of those markets where it's like you, you're going to take the risk and you might get the reward and, unfortunately, you might not. It's interesting, though. The next one, we're jumping back into the US and Maddie loves this stuff because <laughs> it's her pick which is Netflix. So we both gave a international stock for our international episode. And on the 20th of July, that was $531. It sounds like so much for one show. I know, right? (laughs) But like, I know that it's, I know that's because of market, market capitalization and things like that. And that's US as well. So much money. I know. So we could buy 1.5 shares with our thousand dollars. Um, and today's price, it's 606 USD, meaning we had a $200 AUD gain. And I would just like to say before Maddie explains why this has gone up, that we kind of did the foundations of this episode a couple of weeks ago and put in some numbers that we were seeing at the time. And Netflix was actually a loss-making stock for us initially in our portfolio, but it's jumped in the past, you know, 
two or three weeks. Why is that, Mads? Well, obviously, number one, because I picked it, so it's going to go well. (laughs) But I'm pretty upset because I actually haven't invested in this one. And it's one of those things that, like, I've been watching for ages and I keep being like, oh, I should put money in that, and I haven't. So when I saw this this morning, I was pretty upset. But basically, the stock has surged over the last few weeks, and it's for a few reasons. So Management is actually saying that it's because of the content lineup in the second half of this year. With stocks like Netflix, a lot of the short-term volatility of the stock price comes down to things like subscriber growth and whether it grows and whether it meets expectations. And this one for subscriber growth actually came in below expectations for the first half of 2021. And Netflix blamed this or attributed this to having a lighter content schedule for the period. But the stock price has since risen because they are saying for the second half of the year, they are going to have heaps of great content and that is going to differentiate them from their competition. The price also jumped recently, I read, which I found quite interesting. It jumped on what people are referring to as the Seinfeld news, and that is that it announced that it's going to begin streaming all 180 episodes of Seinfeld as of October 1. So there you go. You know, I think the stock price jumped because of that, because what else do we have to do in lockdown (laughs) other than watch Seinfeld? Oh, God. And so you, in the same episode, pitched Airbnb. So how has that one gone? Yeah, so this one's also jumped. It was at 136. It's now at 163, so about a 200 AUD gain. There's, you know, a bit to report about this one. I would just probably say that it's still coming off the back of its IPO. It's now released a couple of its profits. So it's maybe starting to stabilize a little bit. I also haven't put any money into it. It's just something that I'm still watching, but it's good to see there's a little bit of growth there. A great story um, about Airbnb last week as well, and that is that they are helping to provide homes for Afghan refugees. So really good to see coming out of that stock. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Our next one is Lisa Diaz's pick, the Amazon of Russia Ozone. Uh, On the 27th of July, this one was $51.68. Today, it is $51.29. So no real movement in the portfolio. So we'll skip straight past to Sonos, our pitch um, for our investment thesis that we did a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so we won't harp on about Sonos too much because if you (laughs) want to hear about the company, there's a whole episode on it. I'm quite passionate about it. (laughs) If you want to hear the passion in another episode, but good news to report, it is gone up. It was at $33. It's now at 38. um, So about 150 AUD gain. And I'm very bullish on stocks. So let's hope those gains keep continuing into the future. (laughs) So if he's been giving me grief about not having invested (laughs) and missing out on all those gains. (laughs) Yeah. A year ago, it was like sitting at 15 as well. Like it's jumped quite a bit in the past year, but anyway, I think we should move into now our broader trends and ETFs. We know that a lot of people love, um, including ourselves, love buying into um, ETFs because it does provide you that diversification and lets you buy into trends that you really care about or find interesting. So the first two ETFs we're adding are really in that kind of environmental space. So we had Danielle mention clean energy uh, and we had Tash Invest's uh, mention kind of sustainability. So we have the two ETFs, both from beta shares. Um, The first one is Earth, 
which is a decarbonisation um, climate change innovation ETF, and then ETHI, which is it tracks companies that are identified as climate leaders. So, Mads, can you tell me what's happening with Earth, ticker E-R-T-H? Yeah, so this one, we have seen a total gain in the portfolio of $136, which is pretty good. And Ethi, um, which we have done for Tash, is has had a total gain of $115. And can I ask, Mads, like what's the difference, you know, Earth and Ethi, they sound really similar. With ETFs like, like this, like what are the different, what's the difference between them if they're both in the climate change space and how can you identify kind of what the difference is? Yeah, so we spoke a lot throughout um, season one about how it's quite important to understand the holdings of your ETF, what's actually invested in. Mm. And I think in this case, like Earth is a bit more of a positive screening stock. Like it's looking for companies that want to address climate change issues, you know, if it's your solar farm or whatever else, technology. And then Ethi is more of the a negative screening stock where it's um, – you know, picking out companies that do have these climate change initiatives, like, you know, your Apple and your Visa, but they're not necessarily um, seeking out climate change solutions. I think that sometimes can be made obvious in the point that you said, Mads, when you read the holdings, you can kind of understand where they're sitting. Yeah. And I mean, obviously past performance is not a predictor of future performance, but (laughs) the gains for Earth, which was positive screening, were slightly higher over the period. And I think that this kind of Mm. is indicative of the trend that, you know, we're really seeing accelerating and a space that shareholders moving into, which is that sustainable investing. So I think, you know, for so long, sustainable investing has been reserved or the idea of sustainable investing has been reserved for those among us who are a bit more, you know, environmentally enthused or philanthropically inclined. And, you know, there was a bit of a genuine belief that to invest sustainably was to compromise your returns. So it wasn't as common in financial markets, but we know that that really isn't the case anymore. And at the moment, we're really experiencing firsthand how, or we're seeing how companies that prioritize sustainability are outperforming their peers. One thing I'll mention to that is that the other, one of the other trends that we were adding to this, which we didn't have a necessarily a stock or ETF for, was Kate Temby, who said we need to look for transitioning companies. And we're seeing a lot of that at the moment, these big behemoths looking for ways that they can kind of transition to into a greener space. Do you have any like examples of things that you've been seeing recently in that area? Yeah, well, really recently, BHP sold off its oil and gas assets, which was a huge move by them. Mm. And I think that really came down to shareholder pressure in the end. Like they, for the long term, did not see that they were going to be able to continue this kind of a business and have their shareholders be happy. Yeah, I love that because it's like shareholders actually, you know, guys, we we have a voice. It's cool. But also things like, you know, Woolies selling off its, you know, alcohol side of and gambling side of its business and also some of the big um, ETF providers wanting to sell off companies like CSL because CSL didn't have any climate change actions or initiatives that it was putting in place compared to other ASX 200 companies. So there's a real movement happening. Yeah, well, investors are pouring record amounts of money into sustainable funds. In Australia, total assets overseen by ethical investment funds left 30% in 2020. So there is a huge shift. And I think as more and more investors continue to, I guess, sort of make their mark by 
aligning their investments with their values, then companies embracing sustainability are going to continue to be rewarded for their efforts. Oh, yeah. So then the last actual ETF that we're adding to the portfolio is IXJ, which is the iShares Healthcare ETF, which Maggie, the lovely Maggie Palmer added. And in this one, we haven't really had any movement in the portfolio. To be fair, she because- did only pitch yeah. it like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah, I was going to say, we spoke to her literally like two weeks ago. <laughs> So you wouldn't expect much, but it's just an interesting one. You know, people often say, what can you invest in? And I think it's really cool. And she made a couple of great points. Uh, She invested in it a while ago and, you know, we've seen huge gains in healthcare um, throughout the pandemic. Um, And it's just cool to see that there's different types of trends that you can invest in. So, so that brings us to the end of our portfolio assessment. So, Principal amount invested 13K. Fees paid if we did say $10 on average, about 130 bucks. So our total gains for the six months is $2,000. Just under $2,000, which is huge. And we're not trying to say like, oh my God, you can make $2,000 in six months because like $13,000 invested in six months is a yeah, lot is. of money. <laughs> And like, we also, you know, have a lot of stocks in here, you know, you might opt for more ETFs and whatever else, but it's awesome. Look at that. (laughs) Pretty good to see. I think safe to say, um, our guests have done a pretty good job. Mads, I've got a question then in your bank account, what's your savings? What is your savings? What is, what have you made on your savings with your interest? Like three cents. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Definitely not $2,000. Put it that way. We are very excited to continue adding to and tracking our watch list portfolio. We will put something together so that we can share um, the holdings probably on our Instagram because I know we have had a few requests for that. So keep an eye out for that. But I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. I was just going to say, Mads, are you going to be more cautious now that when we add to the watch list? Because <laughs> we're going to keep tracking it. What I know, it's a lot more accountability in. than I expected when I first started adding to this. <laughs> I love it. But no, as Maddie said, if you want to see our watch list picks, head to our Instagram, which is YIGC podcast. You can also join our Facebook discussion group, which is, Maddie? YIGC investing podcast discussion group. And student becomes the master. (laughs) Follow us on TikTok at YIGC podcast and (laughs) I was like, what else? (laughs) And subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform. We love seeing your reviews. So please keep them going. And thank you so much. Thank you. And you'll hear from us next week for our second episode of season two. (laughs) So exciting. I'm so excited. (laughs) You're in good company is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of You're In Good Company are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. 
In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Your In Good Company acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.